You got the man in all blue from the jeans to the hair leading songs today. Good job, Kevin. I also want to give a shout out, Caitlin. Good job reading scripture for us this morning, man. It's awesome. Good morning again, by the way. Are you all in? Got one. Are you all in? You all in? All right, that works. We're getting there. Started talking about being all in last week a little bit. Sharing about how in our culture and our lives right now and just people in general, all in is not something that we do. It's not something in our culture. We're not all in to work. We're not all into our families. We're not all into anything. In fact, you're kind of ostracized if you're all into anything, right? You should be right there in the middle where you can't offend anybody, but you also don't stand for anything. You're not in all in to nothing. So you can't offend anybody, right? Christianity is not one of those things that you can play that game with. In fact, I think we can't actually play that game with very much in this world. We just think we can, and it's going to fall apart on us eventually. So I use the example of, you know, something we're all really good at. We know everything about, right? Poker. You got to go all in. When you go all in in poker, you, you can lose it all or you can win big, right? There's no in-between, no wishy-washy if you go all in. You play with a couple of chips, there's some wishy-washy. You can leave when you start to go under, right? You go all in, you don't know if you're going to win big or you're going to lose it all. You think you might win big, that's why you're taking that bet, right? But you go all in, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Christianity is the same way. You go all in, you'll win big. That's how I like to talk about heaven. Or you can be wrong and you lost it all. But if you go all in as a Christian, the goal is to win big when it comes to eternity, right? Christianity is one of those things you got to go all in on. In fact, I shared last week, this isn't just a thought Harold had, you know, by listening to one song that he played. This is, this is something Jesus uh, told over and over again, right? I, I shared this verse, and I really like the NLT version of it. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. That's in Matthew 12:30 or Luke 11:23. Either one. They're the, they're the same words, right? So what Jesus is saying is, anyone who isn't with me opposes me, is against me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So what he's saying is, there's only two teams. There's with me or there's against me. There's in or there's out. There's God versus Satan. There's good versus evil. You can't be in the middle. You got to be all in. And if you're not all into God, you're all into Satan. Because there's only two options, right? There's no in between. And that's what, what Jesus is saying. Again, not just Harold's idea, but what Jesus is saying. And I hope you didn't get it twisted last week. When I talked about going all in, today we're going to talk about going all into the body of Christ, but I hope you didn't get it twisted and think that I'm giving you this sermon because I got it all figured out and I'm all in myself. I think I got some work to do. Is that fair? I think we all have a little bit of work to do. This isn't just for members, but it could be for preachers too. I got some more ways that I can be all into Christ. And this isn't just for new Christians. This is for old Christians too, right? 
two days to 200 years. I don't know how you're here, but however many years you've been a Christian, it's for you as well. It's not just for young people. It's not just for old people. It's not just for anywhere along the way. I think, like I said in Bible class, everybody's got room to go all in. Because I don't think you're there yet, myself included. So if you, if you thought I was telling you this out of arrogance because I got it figured out because I'm the preacher, you're wrong. But if you're also telling me that you think you got this figured all out, you're wrong. So now you can be unoffended and then reoffended. We can start right there today, right? Today I want to talk about being all into the body of Christ now that I offended you. The answer's got to be yes when we look at all of these details. The answer's got to be yes to being all in whatever the piece might be. And this is a weird phrase, the body of Christ. Have you ever thought about it? If you ever have been churched a little bit, you're like, no, that's pretty normal. Okay, talking about bodies is weird. Talking about the body of Christ, what does that mean? It's weird. But it's not just something Christians use. It's, it's in Scripture a lot of places. Um, but put yourself in the shoes of somebody else for just a second and say, why would they talk about this idea of the body of Christ? Why would Harold say, be all into the body of Christ? What in the world does that mean? Well, it's the church. It's the people. It's the pieces. And one of our favorite people that I talked about a whole bunch last week is kind of the guy that coined the phrase. Coin the phrase? Coin the phrase, right? Coin the phrase. You'll find this phrase, the body of Christ, in a whole bunch of letters in the New Testament written by that guy named Paul. He was my example of somebody that was all in last week. In fact, you won't really find this phrase anywhere else. It's kind of like he got it and he's like, oh, that's good. I'm going to write it everywhere. And he uses this idea of the body of Christ. But before I talk about the body of Christ, I want to talk about just what, what the body is for a second. And I've got this really specific question that's just been messing with me for like 15 years. When I was in middle school, I had a classmate. It was like a normal school day. And he just like started freaking out, saying he was in like extreme pain. And so like they had to rush him to the hospital. And we found out, like we got a call later as a class, that he had appendicitis. And they had to remove his appendix. And I was like, what the heck is that? So ever, so 15 years I've been on this journey to try and figure out what in the world the appendix does. Who can tell me what the appendix does? Addie's like, nothing. Uh, you know, I've been, this has been wrecking me for 15 years, so I Googled it again this week, you know, because Google's got all the answers. It's 2023, we got all the answers, right? Scientists just these past two years have guessed that it does something. Like they have a something that it does, but it's still just a guess. They can't prove it. So what's the appendix do? Nothing, right? The only purpose it has is to explode one day and possibly kill you. Well, great. That's my favorite things that serve nothing but killing me. It's kind of pointless, right? What's the point of an appendix? I don't know. So that's still messing with me, so just keep that in your brain. That's messing with me. If you have an answer, uh, maybe if you're a little more scientific doctor people here, uh, maybe this isn't the right crowd for doctor people, um, just let me know, okay? I'm, it's still messing with me. Uh, what's, the, <laughs> what's the appendix do? But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the body of Christ. The body of Christ. Like I said, Paul is the one that kind of came up with this term. 
And he uses it when he's talking to those Christians in the churches that he planted and the missionary journeys and all of that, those people that are in the church. He uses this term, he says, the body of Christ. In fact, uh, one of the first times you might find it is in Colossians 1.18. He says, and he, Christ, is the head of the body, the church. So he kind of gives it a quick, simple definition there, right? He says, the body of Christ is the church. You have to break it up. It's one sentence. It's not that hard, right? So we've got this body of people, and Jesus Christ is the head. I'm already starting to get a picture of like an actual human body here. Um, and Paul keeps that picture going, I guess you could say. Anytime that Paul talks about the body of Christ, he's talking about the church, but oftentimes when he talks about the body of Christ, it's like he's talking about the human body. And he's, it's like he's describing humans with like body parts and heads, like here, toes, hands. And so oftentimes when he's talking about the body of Christ, he's talking about the church, but he's talking about it in a way that you and I can understand, because guess what? We all got bodies. These meat suits that we wear, <laughs> weird way to describe it, they're called bodies, right? Every human's got a body, and so we can, we can understand what parts of the body are and what the body is. So he talks about the body of Christ as if it's the body that we're built in, because it is, but in a different way. And the two places that, you know, most people, if you ever talk about the body of Christ, are going to take you is going to be in, in 1 Corinthians and Romans. In fact, it was a little under two years ago I talked about the body of Christ. I might have even used this graphic. And I went to 1 Corinthians, and today I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians and Romans. Because that's where Paul is writing to the church in Rome or to the church in, in Corinth, and he's talking about this thing called the body of Christ. So let's head there for a second. First one I want to share is where he's talking about the body as if it's like a human body, but it's also this thing of Christ. And that's in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 5. You can find more if you go dig through Romans chapter 12 and uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But he says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So he starts off and he's talking about the human body, just as the human body has many members, many parts. They don't all have the same function. Same thing for us as the body of Christ. Individually members, different functions of one altogether. He says it to the church in, in Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, 12 through 14. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks or slaves or free. And we and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. So all this stuff about the body of Christ, and, and Paul's talking about the human body just as much, because it's a good comparison, right? I think that's why he coined this phrase. The human body's got many different parts, many members, as he said in Romans and 1 Corinthians here. The body has many members, different parts you can identify, nose, ears, fingers, toes, belly buttons, head. Belly button's funnier, but okay. 
Many different parts, right? So does the church. Many different parts. We got you, me, them, us. Many different parts. But yet, just like the human body, we call this the body. We call this the body of Christ. All these different parts coming together to be one thing collectively. It's the example he gives of the church. So each part is different. You look at the human body, and you're really happy you don't have fingers where your toes should be. That would be weird. We were talking the other day. that I don't know why we were talking. How did this even come up? Courtney and my dad were talking about transplanting your big toe where your thumb's supposed to be because you need a thumb more than a big toe. That was weird, you guys. I don't want a big toe where my thumb's at. I want a thumb there, right? It does a different job, even though they look kind of similar. It does a different job. That's what Paul's, Paul's saying about the church. That's what Paul's saying about the church. Some of you are thumbs, and some of you are big toes, and you got your job, and it's good. In fact, he kind of expounds on this a whole lot, and, and let's hang out here for just a, mis- a minute, because he explains this, and he encourages the body of Christ by talking about the body parts a little bit. It's 1 Corinthians 12, right where we kind of were at in chapter 12, and, or verses 12 and 13, but I want to keep reading there too, so... If you want to flip there, it's good. If not, listen, we're going to read a few verses here together. 12 and 13, where we started, and then we'll keep going. For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so in Christ. For one spirit, we've all been baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not the hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those parts of the body that we think less unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and each individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Can all work miracles? Does everyone possess healing? Do we all speak with tongues or interpret? But earnestly, Desire higher gifts, 
and I will show you still a more excellent way. So Paul's kind of weird. He likes to talk about the body a lot. He spent half of that time talking about the human body and, you know, heads and feet and ears and tongues and talking about all of this. But by the time you kind of get where he says, you guys are the body of Christ, you're like, yeah, I was already there. You weren't talking about ears and noses anymore. You were talking about people. You were talking about people and the things that people do, the actions people have within the church, the members of the body of Christ. Like I said, you've probably heard a lot. If you've been a Christian for a long time, this is, you know, this is where we go to the body of Christ. It's chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. And you've probably heard this before. But it's important for us to remember. We all have different jobs. We all have different talents. We all have different skills. And when you start thinking that maybe yours is less important, you're just wrong, is what Paul said, right? The ones that think they need to be hidden in modesty should really be the ones that are glorified and vice versa all over the place. What he's saying about people in the church is God made you really special. He gave you incredible talents. He gave you skills and creativity, and yours is the best one for you. Don't hide it. Don't be ashamed of it. Use it for the body. And don't think you have to be like everybody else because who wants a body full of hands? Who wants a body full of feet? No, we want all of these different things working together. And honestly, I think that's one way we've maybe failed as the church before is we've, we've done such a good job. Like we have a really organized, we don't, but most places have a really organized service, right? We've got singing, we've got preaching, we've got communion, opening prayer. We've made really nice boxes. What if your body part doesn't fit into that box? Well, you still got to serve as the body part, right? So I encourage you today, if you're thinking like, man, I got some really cool skills. I got some creativity. I've got things. Think about how you can serve the church with that. Because you're a valuable body part just because you don't look like a mouth who stands up here on the stage doesn't mean you're not important, right? That's what Paul's saying. That's what he's talking about when it comes to the body of Christ. But one verse we hardly ever talk about here is the very last verse we read. You know, we'll read about chapter 12, 12 through 31, and we'll just cruise through that. Ah, we're all different parts. We should all serve one another and be different, and that's cool. But what about 31? Do we ever pay much time to that? Verse 31, Paul says, But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way. Well, very poetic, Paul. Ooh, flowery, right? What does that mean? Earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way. But what's Paul trying to say? Have you ever thought about what maybe that last verse means? It's kind of weird. Well, I think what Paul's trying to say is, he's been talking about this whole time how the human body's all intermingled and has all these different parts, and the church is the same way. We've got all these different people doing all these different jobs. What I think he's really trying to say 
Harold's interpretation. While he's talking about the body, he ends on verse 31, desire higher. I think he might be saying, what's the point of an appendix? Okay, he's not saying that exactly word for word. But I think he might be saying, desire for the higher things, and I will show you a more excellent way. I think he might be saying, what's the point of an appendix? Desire to be more than an appendix. What's an appendix do? Sits around in your body. Does nothing that we know of. Just waiting to explode and kill you. Don't be an appendix. Be a more useful body part than that. And don't desire just to be comfortable being an appendix. I understand some people, you know, we start off and it, that the bravest thing we can do is just to sit here in the body. It's a scary thing. But if you stay there for too long, like the appendix, you might poison. I think what Paul is saying, a desire for the higher things, don't stay in appendix. Start off doing something small. Start serving in a small way. Start intermingling with the body. Keep on working up until one day you're rolling with this body so important it wouldn't function without you. It'd be like if you were, you were the arm. We kind of need you. But you just started off as the appendix. Don't stay the appendix. Sometimes I, I feel like we got too many appendixes. I also feel like we have too many butts, but that's a different, that's a different sermon. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like we have too many appendixes. That's what I think Paul is trying to say. Harold just had to wrap his head around it in a different way. And, and the appendix has confused me for 15 years. So don't just be the body part that sits here with no purpose, doing nothing, until you poison the body. Seek the higher things. That's the more excellent way. That's what Paul's talking about when he's talking about the body of Christ. Don't be an appendix. In fact, you can maybe say, instead of being an appendix, you should be all in. Because a way that you can be all in is you can be all in to being a part of this body of Christ. Instead of just hanging out here, you're finding a job, you're finding a purpose, you're being a body part. Kind of going all in. Going all in to Christ is also going all into the body of Christ, this thing we call the church. So a functioning body, human body, is a great example for a functioning church body. People excelling and doing what their specific, creative, made-by-God job is and just rocking it and not being an appendix. So let me ask you. Are you going to desire the higher gifts? Are you going to stay where you're at? Are you going to go all in to the body of Christ? that's what we need to do is we need to go all in to the body of Christ. I'm still mad at appendixes in science and the human body, but think maybe I get more irritated about appendixes in the church. Because I want us to all be people that go all in and have a point and serve and work with this body. So you all in? Sing this last song together.
I'm on my never dies. My darkest night will turn to day where the soul of man never dies. Dear friends, there'll be no sad farewells, there'll be no tear dimmed eyes where